All right. Statistics Canada released the inflation numbers this morning, and it looks like their inflation is higher than uh, estimates. Andrew Willis is business reporter for The Globe and Mail. He joins the show to break it down. Andrew, what are we looking at with uh, regard to our inflation rate here? You're looking at having less disposable income this Christmas than I, than I think you anticipated, Kelly. Boo hiss. Um, exactly. Inflation was up 4.7%, and as you just said, that was higher than expected. And the big contributor was the fact that the price of gasoline, the price of transportation um, is, is up. And, and if you filled up at the pumps recently, um, you know that's the case. So what you'll hear in, in economic circles is, well, oh, you don't have to worry about this, some of this inflation because it's, quote, transitory. It reflects problems in the supply chain that's driving up the price of cars. And, and that's partly true. You know, and, and consumers don't have to buy cars now. And, and over time, the supply chain issues hopefully will work themselves out. But I would argue, and this makes me a bit crazy, is, is actually the, the high inflation like this is a problem for consumers. It's a problem for most Canadians because when the price of gas rises, we still have to buy gas. You know, it's, it's an essential. A lot of the other basket of things we need every day, Kelly, like groceries, those prices are up significantly. And I don't know about where you sit, but where I sit, no one's getting a raise. So, so disposable income is dropping and inflation is eating up our savings. And that's, that's, a, that's a bit of a scary development for most Canadians and for the economy as a whole. Yeah, this is the highest uh, we've seen inflation rates since February 2003. Walk us back there. What was going on in 2003 for those of us who can't remember what we ate last week? <laughs> 2003 was it was a, a period we were bouncing off of the, of the um, tech wreck period of significant economic growth. And then at that point, you know, interest rates were um, significantly higher than, than they were now. And that's, I think the next shoe to drop here is the Bank of Canada has been looking at this rising inflation. And as much as we say that it's a temporary thing, the bank at some point is going to have to, to get serious about raising interest rates and, and in turn trying to get inflation under control. And the issue, of course, right now, Kelly, as it was back in, in, in the early 2000s, is you got to balance out pushing economic growth and trying to help the Canadian economy now recover from the uh, pandemic downturn, as opposed to the, uh, the the dot-com bubble that burst back around the 2000s and caused some, some economic grief. So but the balancing act right now is just is keeping the stimulus coming, getting people back to work, getting the, the economy at full employment, getting people, you know, um, earning a, a living again, as opposed to collecting government benefits, while at the same time making sure that inflation doesn't eat up our savings and, and chew into our disposable income. It, it's going to be a a fascinating year next year to see how the how the Bank of Canada does balance that out. You brought up the Bank of Canada. Tiff McCallum was the uh, person that said this is transitory, and I think a lot of people can relate to transitory. If I dumb it down to something like, um, yeah, I'm in a transition period with my haircut, I'm growing it out. I know that that's temporary. This this isn't the same. I think we we equate transitory with temporary. We're hearing this could be like 18 months long. That's not transitory. Exactly. You know, I, I sort of glibly said a moment ago, oh, well, we'll work out these supply chain issues. Well, you know, they take, they take time. Like you're talking about rebuilding and ports. You're talking about developing factories in North America to supply pharmaceuticals as opposed to having these, these, global, these global supply chains. Yeah, 18 months, two years is, is, is quite a realistic expectation on what it's going to take to cure some of the problems we've got right now. You know, building new factories that produce computer chips all takes time. So, and, and, and the bank's going to have to react in real time because they can't afford to let inflation get ahead of them.
Yeah. And in the meantime, we're all paying more on our core items, our food, our shelter, our fuel, our transportation, um, yeah. it, two thirds of all consumer spending. Those are the items yeah. that we spend our money on. It, they're all up. And, and the other side of that is our wages. You know, they're not up there. There's, yeah. there's, there's, although, you know, some of us are getting raises in, in, in key sectors. You know, if you're in the tech industry, you're probably doing okay, but manufacturing jobs, service jobs, you know, there's, there's a surplus of workers these days. So not a lot of us are, are seeing our monthly income rising. Andrew, what's the impact uh, that these inflation numbers have had on the markets so far, if any? Uh, that's the interesting thing. The equity markets are taking all of this in stride. They, they are believing what Tiff McCallum and other central bankers are saying, which is this is transitory. Um, they're, the, the, the markets right now are reflecting low interest rates for the foreseeable future. So they're booming. And, you know, almost every day you and I are, are talking about uh, stock markets hitting new highs. It's, mm-hmm. it, the valuations right now are very, very high and a significant interest rate increase. Uh, that's not cooked into the market right now. That would, if interest rates were to rise sharply and unexpectedly, that in turn would mean stock prices would have to drop. That's, that's speaking, kind of the, the, the balancing act right now. Speaking of stock and valuations, can we turn our attention very quickly in the next like two minutes or so that we have left to talk about what's going on with Rogers? Because I know that Joe Natale, who was the CEO, he's now out. That was Ed Rogers' plan originally. Uh, so he is uh, replacing him with in the interim, who he wanted to be the uh, new CEO, uh, Tony uh, Staffieri. Um, but right now, Rogers is in the middle of a $26 billion takeover for Shaw Communications. What does this mean for that takeover? What's your read into what's going on here? It's quite the soap opera. And, and yeah, the, the, Kelly, what you are just talking about all, all broke last night. So Rogers, Rogers had been in the midst of a, a, a leadership battle that we all thought was resolved about 10 days ago. There was a court case in BC that, that, that told Edward Rogers that he had the right to put in a new board and, and to make changes pretty much unilaterally, pretty much on his own. Uh, and then coming out of that court decision in BC, Edward Rogers said, yep, I'm going to stick with Joe Natale. We're moving forward. We're going to try and close this, um, this Shaw transaction. And in fact, Edward Rogers and Joe Natale were supposed to be in Ottawa next week um, to testify in front of some of the regulators to try and get the deal approved. Well, something's happened in the last 24 hours that the, the truce obviously broke down. And um, now the former chief financial officer, who you just mentioned, Kelly, Tony Staffieri, he's now the interim CEO with a chance to become the full CEO of, of Rogers. He's a veteran of Rogers. He's been there for 10 years. Uh, he hasn't run the, the, the shop before, uh, but he's a familiar face. And mm-hmm. we think what's played out in the boardroom at Rogers is that as Edward Rogers and Joan Natale, the, the, the former CEO, as they tried to sort of figure out their relationship going forward, Edward Rogers did want to bring back Tony. Joan Natale, the CEO, said, I don't want him on the team. And, and that, that might have been the issue that, that, that caused the breakdown. Uh, either way, we're now going to be watching Edward Rogers and Tony Staffieri in front of the regulators next week asked mm-hmm. after um, – and, and we'll see where the Shaw deal goes. The thinking in, in regulatory circles and Ottawa circles is, is they're not that concerned with the boardroom drama at Rogers. They're, they're more concerned with just keeping competition in cell phones, ensuring that, that, that you know, that the Canadians get the, the 5G networks and the economy gets kind of the, the digital infrastructure, if you will, that, that we need. So that's where the focus of the, of the hearings is going to be around broadcast licenses, around wireless licenses, and, and around 
building out the internet and just who delivers that is less important to the regulators than the fact that, that, that commitments are made. But it's, it, as, as court, as boardroom dramas go, Kelly, I've, I've never seen anything like Rogers. This it's, it's just one stunning development after another. That's for sure. And the great irony in this story is it was a piece of their own equipment that let Joe Natale uh, know that he was going to be replaced as a CEO via a butt dial from a the incoming CEO. Yeah. It's it's uh, just you can't write this stuff. But before I let you go, do you know where Ronan factors into the latest or is he still out of the sorry, who? I brought in a succession reference. <laughs> I had I to do it, Andrew. On that show, I uh, yeah, I have to catch. I am I'm the one person in this country who hasn't been watching Succession, despite writing about Succession at, at Rogers. Yeah, because yeah. no, you're watching the real thing unfold. Who needs exactly. the art when you've got reality? Thank you so much, Andrew. Thanks, Kelly. Take care. Have a great day, Andrew Willis is business reporter for the Globe and Mail.